Well, thank God for technology. It's great to see you guys again. Nickelback, uh, five years ago, last time we talked, and eighth appearance today on the L.A. Lloyd Rock 30. So you look relaxed, and uh, pleasure to see you again, guys. Good to see you. Thank Thanks you for too. taking the time. You look relaxed, too, man. It's great. I'm trying to, you know. Well, uh, we are going to debut a new song a little later on today on The Rock 30, but uh, did want to catch up just a little bit since it had been uh, a bit since we last spoke. Um, the new song we're about to debut, did uh, this come during what most bands did when everyone was kind of locked down and really got creative and started writing, or is this something that have just uh, kind of come more recently for you guys? No, it was, yeah, it was definitely in the, uh, you know, in that two years that uh, the entire globe would like to forget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I actually met the warden um, from San Quentin at a party and it was just so random. Um, uh, Guy Fietti from diners, drive-ins and dives is a buddy of mine. And, and he invited me to a birthday party of his and, and it, it was like, it was huge. There was, a, I don't know how many people were there and he had a band playing. There was a ton of people and, Somewhere in the evening, I found myself uh, talking to a group of guys and, and uh, you know, they, they, they knew what I did for a living. And uh, I was like, oh, what do you do for a living? He's like, I'm, uh, I'm the warden from San Quentin. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> no, what do you like? What do you actually do? He's like, because he was just way too young to be a warden. Right. Not what you picture from the movies or something like that. You yeah, Shawshank. I'm picturing Shawshank. <laughs> Me too, right? <laughs> and he did not look like that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's going to hear all these interviews. And gonna that's go, okay. He's going to go. Oh, he's going to go. He thinks I'm young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he <laughs> this was. Guy's, this guy's a solid. He was. And uh, <laughs> honestly, and um, the entire time we were talking, I'm just sitting there, you know, just I'm, I'm, I'm Dewey Cox while he's having a, a fight with his wife yeah. where she's like, don't you dare do it. Don't you do it, Dewey Cox. Don't you dare write a song right now. And I was there <laughs> writing a song in my head. I'm like, I'm going to write a song called San Quentin. And uh, yeah, so this is the uh, this is the handshake off this new record. This is the one we're going to kick the front door in with. Yeah, I, I can't wait for uh, for the listeners to hear it today. Of course, uh, something that did happen to you since we last spoke. Uh, you know, no one likes uh, to hear the words from a doctor that we're going to have to do uh, vocal cord surgery, especially if you are a singer. But uh, when the doctors first told you about this, I mean, obviously you were probably taken aback or maybe it wasn't a shock. Did you immediately say, yes, we need to make this happen? Or did you take a lot of time to think on it or get a second opinion? Because again, at the end of the day, this is your career. Yeah. Like at first when it was, cause we, we were starting the second leg of that tour and, um, were we in San Jose? Where were we? No, we were, we were at Ridgefield, I think Washington. That's right. That's right. So get up there feeling good um who else and, and um lifehouse lifehouse was going to open on that that leg of the tour and they're all there and they're all set up the and, first show they're supposed yeah to play with us. oh god and i get up there and i go to we go to start we play we started playing this heavy tune called revolution in soundcheck and i went to start singing and it went oh. so i back up a little bit you know, and I go to sing again, and I'm, I'm going to try and hit the next line. And in my peripheral vision, I can see Ryan coming up over here, and his head turns and looks at me, and I feel Mike, my brother, the <laughs> bass player, come up. I can feel both of them, you know, and I'm like, I know, I know, it, something's wrong. Just a minute. Like, let me just clear this out of here. And then it just didn't clear. And we went backstage, and we had a doctor on site in probably 45 minutes, and they looked – Doctor looked down my throat and was like, um, I can't really see everything, but it 
it looks angry in there for sure yeah and they're like there's probably no way you're going to be able to sing tonight even if we give you a shot of prednisone which is a really strong um anti-inflammatory right so we canceled the show and i flew to la don't skip the real major detail of this whole thing i think we were the real victims here uh (laughs) He's like, I got to go to LA get this looked at. You guys uh, go uh, tell all the fans that. Yeah. Uh, you guys stay here. See you guys later. Tell everyone we can't play. And I'm going to go see a doctor. And I was like, oh. I'm going to go lay in bed for a little bit. So I went and I, I, I had, the, they, they stuck the, uh, the camera down my throat and they were looking at it. And, and uh, I had a node that was really big and it was really angry. And so they shot me up with a bunch of stuff and they're like, just, you're going to have to give it like three days or four days. And we're, I, I, he's like, I'd really like to see that swelling come down about 70%. Wow. And if it does, then I think you're going to be okay. And when I went back in three or four days later and we'd already had, so then we canceled Canceled two shows, I think, or three, maybe by that point. And then he looked in there and he's like, it hasn't moved at all and you're going to need surgery. And then he went down this whole list of things. He's like, you may never sound the same again. You may never speak again. Man. Um, and so on the outside, I'm just like trying to be all cool. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be fine. And on the inside, I'm just like, oh, this is defecating everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's freaking. And uh, so we canceled that entire leg of the tour, pissed off all of our fans who had bought tickets to come and see us. And, and that broke my heart. Um, and then I went under the knife. And I woke up, and uh, you guys were there, which was so sweet. You flew down, and Mike was there. And, and uh, um, again, I was just putting on this brave face. It's like, ah, it's going to be fine. And, you know, then I was on vocal. Then I wasn't allowed to speak for, for a couple of weeks. And then I had to do this whole thing. And then when I finally started singing, uh, I don't know what I was going to sound like, but I was like, wow. My voice came back, and I was like, ah, I still sound like the douchebag from Nickelback. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you couldn't talk and you had to rest those vocals, I mean, uh, myself, you know, a guy who speaks for a living, it would drive me crazy to sit there in in silence. I mean, did you text folks, or what did you you do to communicate? Yeah. Have you been to see Sean Nasiri? No, I have not. Okay. Um, He's like the guy. Well, there's Sugarman and there's Sean Nasiri. Those are the two big guys in L.A. Right. Um, and, uh, so what I did was for two weeks, I would, so I brought up this, this, uh, text to voice this is the opposite of voice to text. Um, and I would choose depending on the cuisine that I would order. Um, <laughs> I would change it into that accent. So if I was having Chinese, I would change it to like a, a woman's voice with a Chinese <laughs> accent, you know? And so then everything I would say was in that voice. That's and, great. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, <laughs> I wish I could have been around to hear some of that for sure, man. Well, when we ordered, when we ordered, uh, when we ordered curry, it was great. <laughs> oh, I can imagine that. Or the French too, as well, man. I would love to hear the French accent. Uh, well, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the new album. As you said, the handshake is is San Quentin, and we're going to play that one a little bit later on today for our listeners. But uh, you know, obviously, I've only heard one song. You teased uh, on social media a little ten second snippet there, and you know, it seemed like the general consensus was, "Wow." Well, first of all, we're glad that Nickelback's putting something out new, and second of all, everyone kept going like, "Well, this is a heavier sound." And and look, I've heard you guys do some heavy songs. I didn't think it was you know the most heavy thing I'd ever heard you do, but. 
I mean, is this kind of a little um, the way that the rest of the album is going, or is it going to be kind of like Nickelback always does? You're going to have, you know, this nice balance and rolling waves, if you will. The rest of the record is uh, mostly comprised of polka. <laughs> um, touring with Weird Al, are you? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> nice. Like yeah. Weird Al. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you got a little squeeze box in there, and uh, no, it's you know, like like all of our records. Um, they're just they're all over the map. I mean, yeah, there's there's more heavy stuff like San Quentin on there, but uh, you know, there's there's something on there for everybody. I mean, we 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 don't come in with some sort of conscious effort to be like, okay, this is what the record's going to be like. It's whatever we we start writing, and we look around at each other and say, is this something that we want to pursue, or do we want to go in a different direction? That's that's the criteria. That's sort of the the litmus. It's like you you listen to it and go, okay this idea sounds cool let's you know go down this avenue and, and see you know what comes to fruition with this um that's really it there's no conscious effort of us just sitting back and going all right we're gonna make a concept album right I mean, like it's just really none of that going on it's interesting though like when i mean we a lot has changed in five years too right since the climate wise of uh, you know putting albums out and online and tiktok and all these kind of things but it, it is interesting when you do this little tease of music that the narrative becomes the truth or can be interpreted that way because people kind of run with something. So they'll go, uh, you know, this. I've seen some of the headlines of some of the things. Oh, it's very heavy. It's heavy rock. Maybe this is like, yeah, we've got rock for sure. Don't worry. We've got lots of rock, you know, as we've always had in the years. Uh, but then we saw the same thing where we put a little teaser out and then someone did, you know, they do the freeze frames. And they saw, saw something on one of the video screens we had, and they're like, oh, this is going to be, this is, could this be the title of the album? Could this be the title of the album? And then it turns into, this is the title of the album. This is the title of the album. And mm -hmm. I'm like, are they going to be let down when it's not? <laughs> like, you, like, if we don't say they're anything. They're going to be let down no matter what. Yeah, well, don't worry. They're going to be let down <laughs> There's no gonna matter be lots what. of low yeah. points for you. But it can steamroll, and it's quite funny, because, like, it's funny what happens when you say nothing, really. So uh, I think people will be happy with that. I don't think no matter who you are, if you're famous or if you're just an everyday working man or woman, I don't feel like we've ever been under the microscope more than we have right now. It's, it's like right? you said, you can't do or say anything because it's going to be misinterpreted no matter if you put it out in black and white, someone else is going to get a completely different meaning of it. Can you imagine? Yes, exactly. If, can you imagine if we released something in your mouth now? It would be like, you know, but... That would be a terrible. Idea. Everyone thinks that's so risque, but like, like think about ZZ Top and and Pearl Necklace, right? Exactly. Or you think of well, like, of course, like all of these songs throughout history that are just these legendary tunes. Um, you know, Eric Clapton wouldn't be able to put out cocaine, right? Um, but when you listen to it, it's just like, yeah, it's just sort of, it's just what it is. It's, Everything's of its time, I yeah. I agree, but yeah. But now everyone's just everyone's got their guard up, and everyone's so scared. Everyone's just looking around, like, am I going to get? Am I going to get canceled? Am I going to am I going to say the wrong thing and piss off an entire group of people and they're just going to, you know, protest us at every show or whatever it is? Um, I need to I need to increase my filter though for sure because I I still don't care. Yeah. I mean, like I I'm think like the songs you. that we get to sing. I start a song off, you know, with I like your pants around your feet and I think it's hilarious. That's funny that we get to sing that. You know, we get to say the dumbest crap in our songs 
And um, it's so weird you said that because that's the song that was in my brain the whole time you were just explaining about that. Yeah, I was like, well, go. think about the one about your pants around your knees. Come on. I mean, you know, there you got <laughs> to have fun with that. That's hilarious. Well, you know, something that did happen uh, is in our five year absence here is Silver Side Up turned 20 uh, and obviously was still kind of pandemic y, if you will. Uh, I've seen some bands do 20th anniversary album beginning to end. Even the Eagles has done Hotel California. Is this something that's ever interested you whatsoever to do like a mini tour to do one of your albums from beginning to end? Well, funny you say that. Yeah, funny enough. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, no, funny. It's funny all the right reasons. Yeah, we had, we were supposed to go out and do the all the right reasons. Tour, oh, really? Um, right when the pandemic hit. And so they were kind of kicking it down the road, you know two weeks here four weeks here like let's just see how this thing plays out and we're like this is not this is not going to happen um i think we were going to go do that album because we just you know we were at a moment where we just we weren't really getting into the any new material it's just we were like let's i think it would be a good time a good moment to kind of bring this back and we could really tell an interesting story if we can kind of thread this stuff in the album because it was it was you know very you know ended up being a really one of our most popular albums that we put out um, have you heard that comedian who said, uh, you know, can you imagine being in a time capsule for like a hundred years and they wake you up? They're like, pandemic? And it was like, almost, almost over. What do, <laughs> Brexit? Mm, still going. <laughs> he goes down this long list of all these things. It is never ending. It is never going to end. I did want to talk on something. Uh, back in 2007, you guys released a song called Side of a Bullet. Obviously, your, your tribute to Dime. It appears there is going to be a Pantera reunion with Phil and Rex and, and Zach, from, Zach Wild and Charlie from Anthrax. Just curious your feelings on this. Obviously, as we talked about, everything's under the microscope, but... Um, it seems like there, it's both sides of the story. How do you guys feel with your relation, past relationship you had? Well, um, selfishly, uh, I want to see those songs performed live. Right. You know, when you listen to a Pantera record and you think to yourself, I, well, as we thought for the last, I don't know how many years, uh, well, since the band, you know, broke up. Yeah. It's like, I'm never going to get to see these songs live again. And it's heartbreaking. Um. And, uh, you know, so the fact that, uh, the boys are getting called in from, from, uh, here and there, um, love Zach, love Charlie. Yeah. Charlie and Zach. Uh, for sure. great, great guys. Um, I think the fact that they're going to get on stage and do this, you know, all Phil has to do is just get up there and crush it. Right. You know, you and know, I think and, he will. I've been, I've been asked this, you know, as we've been asked this, you know, a few times today, I would go see that. You know, I, I would buy a ticket to go see that show. Right. Um, I want to see it. I want to I want to scream those songs. Um, and I think that I think that. Calling it more of a tribute is probably closer to uh, what it's going to be, I which is great. Yeah. You know, that's great. Um, people that, you know, love that music that want to recreate it live every single night, you know. And like I said, as long as Phil brings it, it's going to be great. Uh, it'd be just to be able to sit back and watch those guys, you know, to, to do it up. And and I think all the Pantera fans are going to love it. Like, and anybody who's sitting back, hating on the idea, um, I think when it comes to town, they're going to do the same thing that happens with uh, those people that say they don't like Nickelback. They always find themselves at the show. Indeed. <laughs> Strangely enough, 
Shocker. It's like, oh, I hate those guys. They suck. Are you going? Of course. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 I wasn't going to go, but yeah, I, I guess I'll go. Well, that leads me into my last question as we close it down, because a story I love to share with listeners, and, and especially the haters, as you mentioned, man, because there was a show uh, back in 2009 when I was working in San Antonio, and you guys were playing AT&T Center. It was one of those days that everything was just behind, 45 minutes. You know, they're pulling. It was problems with the walkie-talkies below ground and everything. And I was sitting there, you know, maybe waiting 45 minutes. And then all of a sudden, you know, Chad just walks in, you know, very laid back, very casual, apologized for being late, gives me a bottle of Grey Goose. We have a great interview just like we did today. So I always love to share that story for those who haven't heard it because the haters are going to hate, man. But when you're in trouble... Bring alcohol. Bring out the alcohol. No, man. Dude, thank, thank so, you for that I'm so, so much. I'm so apologetic, but... but <laughs> Go get drunk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, it's it's been a pleasure watching your career since I played Leader of Men back in 2000. And, and so glad 2022 we're through this pandemic, kind of. And you're going to be back on the road next year. A new album's coming out. So best of luck to you. And I know you got a ton of these to do today, but sure is good to see you and, and talk to you again. Thank Great you, to chat with man. You. Thanks for the support over the years. I appreciate that. Buddy, thanks cool. for taking the time again. And thanks, you for, thanks for letting us be on the show. And thanks for spinning the tune. Like, Thank you for the support. That's just awesome. And next time I see you, I know what to bring. There you go. Take care, man. <laughs> we'll see you next time, guys. See you, bud. All right, bye-bye.